Welcome to Run the Table. I'm your host, Bryce Stinson. It's just me today, no sign of Obert, um, but I'm going to be bringing you top 10. That's right, I'm going to do my top 10 linebackers. I just finished watching them, and uh, first things first, it's not a very good class. Um, I have one first round grade, and it's like it's a, it's a late first, early second grade. Uh, on, on my number one linebacker in this class. Other than that, there's not a ton to be too excited about, but you know what? We'll, we'll just get right into it. We're going to start with our number 10 linebacker, or I should say my number 10 linebacker, Noah Sewell out of Oregon University. Now with Sewell, he is a three-year starter at Oregon, so you really can't question his ability to take on a defense and lead it. He was a captain of that Oregon Ducks defense as well. Now, he doesn't pop out, doesn't stand out on tape. He's kind of just your middle-of-the-road linebacker. He's 6'1", 246, so he's on the bigger side. He had a you know an average RAS score. Actually, I think it was an above-average RAS score, 8'3", 6", or something along those lines. But that athleticism really doesn't show up on tape. He doesn't really get to landmarks very well. He isn't able to catch up to guys. His short area quickness is, you know, it leaves a little bit to be desired. But he's got that work ethic. His brother, Penn Sewell, tackle for uh, the Detroit Lions, is, is famously, you know, one of the hardest working players in the league. Um, just all, all grit and grind. He has that same kind of mindset. He comes from the same same family, same background. So you know he's going to carry that. He he flashes that football IQ. He doesn't, like I said, doesn't have that you know uh, ability to to be athletically gifted like some of these other linebackers on this list. But he's in the right place a good amount of time, and it's because of his ability to to know what's coming. You know he'll be a very valuable special teamer. I think. I think that you know his tough nose style of play is going to be conducive to. Uh, a good special teams play. And I think that ultimately you will see him, if he doesn't translate uh, to NFL defenses, he will at least uh, be a special teamer that the teams can rely on, it, you know, whether it be punt block, punt uh, return, stuff like that, because he is willing to put his body on the line. Uh, I mentioned his weight, 246. He can hold his own against offensive linemen. What you're going to see with the rest of these, uh, a lot of other guys in this class is that they're a little undersized in terms of weight, and and you can see on the film how they get thrown around. Didn't really happen uh, to Sewell. As I mentioned, that short area quickness lacking, it's going to be tough to overcome in the NFL. There was a couple times on tape as a duck that he was visibly shaken out of his shoes. We're going to move to number nine now. And uh, I think my number nine guy is someone who uh, isn't on many other people's boards. That is Nick Anderson. Anderson is out of Tulane. Um, and so uh, a little spoiler alert, his, his linebacker partner, Dorian Williams, was the guy I was watching. And Anderson just kept popping out on tape. Like he was making plays left and right. I was like, why haven't I heard this kid more? Why haven't, why haven't I heard more about, about Nick Anderson? Well, he's 5'9". You can very clearly see that on the tape that he is not a big dude. He is 233, though. So he's got that bowling ball kind of physique. You know, even though he, I think he had a 7 4 RAS score. So, you know, he's not the greatest athlete either. But what the kid does have is the ability to play football. He's a football player. He is always where the ball is. It seems like without question, he is exactly where he needs to be. 
more times than not. He, despite the the four six three, he is aggressive in the run game. He hits like a truck, um, which is a lot easier to do at his uh, frame than it is for some of these other guys. But I mean, there was countless plays where it was like you're watching Dorian Williams, and then all of a sudden you hear a, a crack, and it's Nick Anderson making a play on a guy, and it's like, well, where was where was he? Why haven't I heard much about him? You know, the the thing that's going to kill him is the size, or lack thereof. He is a sure-handed tackler. Uh, I didn't see him miss a ton of tackles, which a lot of guys on this on this top 10 have problems with. Yeah, I, I do think that he was a, a better collegiate linebacker than Dorian Williams was. His ability to stack and shed, uh, use his hands to get away from blockers rather than try to run around them, or, you know, not invite contact when he didn't need to. The problem is, I don't think it translates as well to the NFL, especially with the the way today's game is played. His size, I think it's going to be it's going to be tough for him to kind of match up uh, with some of these offensive linemen. Um, you know, maybe it will help him with leverage. I, I don't think I saw his bench on on the rash score. I don't know what it was, so I don't know what kind of pop he's got. But maybe it helps him with the leverage on some of these taller NFL offensive linemen. Do I really like the kid's play style? Absolutely. I, I think that Nick Anderson is going to be a guy that you know he goes. I have a, a mid fifth to uh, early sixth round grade on him. Uh, same with Noah Sewell, by the way. And I think that you know if he gets taken in those, and and to be quite honest with you. He's probably uh, an undrafted guy at that size. I can't imagine that a team's going to take a flyer on a 5'9", 233-pound linebacker that runs a 4'6", 3". Uh, unfortunately so, uh, but that is the the way the way the cookie crumbles in the NFL. you got to have certain size thresholds that a lot of these teams like to have, and he just doesn't hit them. But he's a hell of a football player. Um, he, he makes the right plays more times than not. So if you do happen to get him UDFA, or you know your team even decides to take a flyer on him in those late rounds, you're getting a good player that that got overlooked because of his size concerns. And we're going to go to the next guy, number eight on this list, Servosia Dennis, linebacker out of Pitt. So with Dennis, yeah, he was one of those guys that that. When you look on, I believe CBS has him as like their 320th rated prospect overall, and he was like the uh, close to the 20th uh, linebacker on this list. And I watched him play, and I was like, "There's no way that you have this kid this low." Uh, he's six foot two twenty six, so so kind of you know on the lighter side, similar build to Nick Anderson, just you know quite a bit taller, but he's got a similar play style. He plays low to the ground, um, is physical, packs a, a punch. Uh, that was one of the things that you notice like right away is that he hits and he hits hard. Now, if you want to see some fun highlights, go look up Servosia Dennis. Um, his coverage is, is serviceable. I think that it, it'll translate okay to the NFL level. It is probably something that he's going to have to work on. What I wrote in my in my notes when I was watching, I was like, he's just got the feel of one of those guys that's going to work out at the next level. You know, whether it be finding a niche role in a defense or, you know, a special team. I just feel like that this is one of those guys that you can take in the late fourth, uh, you know, maybe in the fifth round, and it's like, uh, what do we do with him? Well, I don't know yet, so let's just put him on special teams, and then once you actually have a defined role for him, he's going to go in, he's going to make plays, he's going to blow He's going to blow everything up. I just think that you're getting a good football player. It's kind of the same things along the lines of Nick Anderson, although with uh, Servasia, He's a little bit more NFL uh, prototypical build. Um, still on a little bit uh, smaller side, but he's more so uh, than Anderson was. Now we're going to go up to number seven. Number seven linebacker is Ivan Pace. Now with Pace, uh, he's a very interesting watch because he doesn't really play linebacker that much. Um, what he did at Cincinnati was he played a lot of 
mug technique, he was straight up on the defensive line. He was in a, in a stand-up, uh, you know, usually over the guards, you know, in the 5-4, five, 5 technique, 4-I area, and, and he would pass rush from there, or he would he would blitz a lot from distance. Um, very rarely did you see him as an off-ball linebacker, not already having a direction where he needed to go. And so it's tough to figure out how he translates. And I, uh, there's going to be some people that equate that to Michael Parsons because that's kind of what Michael Parsons did at Penn State. But he's not nearly the same athlete that Michael Parsons was. He's 5'10", 231. So not only is he on the shorter end along the same lines as Nick Anderson, but he's you know he's just not the quite the athlete that you want him to be to, to do the things that he's good at. Now, I will say he does blitz and he blitzes very well. Everything else... Is up to quite. I, I really don't know how the rest of his game is going to translate. I do think that he will be able to, because he did it so well at the college level. I think blitzing is going to be something that carries over uh, into the um, into the NFL level. He uses his hands well to defend uh, the to. to defeat the pass pros uh, that he sees from linebacker or from offensive lineman. He's also very physical at the point of attack. And so he knows, you know, he gets his hands inside and is able to, to defeat blocks that way. I said, he is one of those guys where you tell him to go get ball. He's very good at it. He's got great instincts when it comes to that. But if you make him think a little bit and you say, here, read this key and then figure it out. He, he doesn't do that so well. So, uh, he is a transfer over from Miami uh, of Ohio to to Cincinnati, so you know that carryover a little bit different. I, I didn't watch his Miami tape. I don't know if he he played a different role there than he did uh, at Cincinnati, but I think they I think they found a good niche for him uh, at Cincinnati where they could use use his strengths to their advantage. He ran a four six two. He does look faster than that on tape. Um, I don't know if he just isn't a very good tester but he, he looked faster than a four six two I would I would probably put him at a four five six you know it's not much better but it's a you know half of a tenth so you'll take that you know and the connotation with a four five versus a four six is is much better the rest of his game like I mentioned he, he didn't pass coverage too much it was a lot of when it was obvious passing situations he was he was blitzing he was lined up in that mug uh, technique um, in the run game when he was off ball and wasn't going anywhere he stands straight up. So like the ball snapped and instead of, you know, staying low and moving forward, he stands straight up and is flat footed. And if you do that, the NFL, I mean, one, it leads to, you know, hesitation. It leads to falling behind plays. But if you do that at NFL level, you're going to get your clock cleaned. Uh, And he's not a good enough, you know, block shedder uh, in the run game to be able to do that and effectively get to the, uh, running back or the ball carrier. Uh, So that is something that he's 100% going to have to work on. He's a project. He is a project, but if you get him in the right scheme, in the right system, I I think that he's got a, he's got a, a role in the NFL. Uh, It's not really defined um, just because Michael Parsons was really the first person to really do it. But I do think that he can work at the NFL level uh, if he fits the right situation. My number six linebacker, the other two-lane prospect, Dorian Williams. Now, with Williams, there's a lot to like about this guy. He he's six one, two twenty eight. So he's kind of he's got that length to him. Um, he's you know on the taller end. I just don't know if he's a linebacker at the NFL level. That's that's really what it comes down to. And but you're asking, well, how do you have a guy who you're not sure if he's a linebacker as your sixth overall linebacker? Well, I do think that he offers a good amount of upside if you're able to capitalize. I think that there's a 
a world where he fits better as a safety. The only problem is I believe his 40 time was a little bit slower than you would like for a safety. I think it was a four, five, six, uh, if I remember correctly. So, you know, it's not exactly what you'd want for a safety, but, you know, when we get to the safeties later in the week, you'll see that a lot of them aren't too fast this year. Uh, that's another position in this class that isn't great. But I, 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 there are things that I like that Dorian does well. When Tulane is playing in the run defense, it's Nick Anderson making all the plays. When they're playing in the pass defense, Dorian starts to show up a little bit more. And it's more so in the way that quarterbacks just aren't targeting his guys very often because he's got such great coverage on them. Whereas in the run game, he's flat-footed a lot. He stands straight up. He doesn't really have the strength that you would hope a linebacker has. He isn't able to defeat blocks at the point of attack. Gets pushed back pretty easily. Doesn't use his hands well. But it's it's all about having that, that pass coverage ability in the NFL. I think that he's one of those guys, if you get his mind right... He can play the play action Shanahan systems really well, um, but f- for the time being, he's you know too passive in the in, in the run game. There's a a, a guy we're going to get to further on this list, a little higher, who is almost too aggressive in the run game, and it hurts him. I, I wish that he you know the two of them swapped and, and traded some of that aggressiveness in the run game because it would balance out the two prospects uh, much much better. Um, I just yeah, for me, I think that Dorian. I have him as a, a late third to early fourth grade. Uh, by the way, Ivan Pace had the same. I think that for Dorian, if he can, if he can kind of fit that strong safety box player type role, where he's out on the edge facing a lot more tight end blocks and and H backs and slot receivers, rather than having to go up against your center guard tackle, I think that he's going to benefit r- greatly from that. It's just it's tough to kind of project a guy like that. Uh, now, one of my my guys in this uh, linebacker class, I really I got two of them. Yes, Sir Abdullah, now this Louisville linebacker. He's another odd study because he plays a little bit. He he Louisville really split him down the middle. He played off ball. He played uh, Sam linebacker, so he's coming off the edge quite a bit. He has minimal pass rush moves, but he's somehow always able to get to the quarterback. He has a nose for the football. He was in on tackles. He was, I think, he finished his uh, his season with either seven and a half or nine and a half sacks as a as a linebacker. He did. I mean, it was from the same position, but he could beat tackles. Like that was the thing is that you know his a guy his size at you know six foot two thirty seven could beat tackles. Now I will say when he was playing the run, it looked like he was a little stiff in terms of his side to side lateral movements. Straight line, though, in his burst, fantastic. 4 4 7, uh, 40 with a 1 4 8 10 yard split. Those are some elite stuff. And his three cone and his shuttle were actually, you know, pretty solid times. I think he had a, a low sevens shuttle, uh, or not shuttle, three cone. And then he had, uh, I believe it was a 4 2 shuttle. So those two really translate to the NFL, those two things when when you talk about short area quickness. And while it might not show up on tape the way you want it to, it shows that it's in there somewhere. And if you can unlock it, you're in a pretty good spot. I think that it really is up to the team that drafts him uh, what you want him to be. And I, I think that he can he can play that you know three four Sam strong side linebacker and be really good at it. He's physical. But I also think that he can be that off ball in a 3-4. He can be an outside linebacker and you know do it well. The only problem is 
he didn't have to cover much at Louisville, so it'll be interesting to see you know if that if he's able to translate some of that speed uh, to some coverage ability. Because on passing situations, you'd blitz him. I mean, why not, right? He was always in the quarterback's face. So I think that he's going to be another interesting person once he gets to the uh, once he gets to the NFL level. I got a late third to early fourth grade on him as well. And next, our number four linebacker is one that shot up some boards early in in, in January, February, and Chris Sims even even has him number one overall linebacker in this class. It's Dayon Henley. Now, Henley uh, came from Washington State by way of Nevada, uh, has had a very interesting story, very interesting story. So he was a wide receiver, and then he transitioned to safety, and then from safety he came to linebacker. And you can you can see why. I mean, he's six foot two twenty five. so I imagine he came in, you know, probably 200 pounds, uh, somewhere around there as a wide receiver, and then put on a bunch of weight. But he really does play like a safety, more so than he does a linebacker. I... I I don't know if this was his first or second year um, starting at linebacker. But what I will say is there's a lot to like about him. There is, but I, I'm not quite there with Chris Sims or some of these other guys that have him as their as their I think this is my ceiling for for Henley is is that LB four spot. To me, the good doesn't outweigh the bad. You can try to project project it as much as you want, but I think this is more so, and he's you know a six-year guy, so he's going to come out and he's going to be 23, 24 years old. It's much more of a project than you would like for a guy that old, but he's got the athletic upside where if he hits, he hits. My, my comp for him is a little bit of a Fred Warner light, light, Comp so it, it, there's that joke like a Walmart you know something where it's it's a little on the cheaper end. I think that he's I think three inches shorter than Fred Warner, but about the same weight. And the reason why I say that is because he plays the co- he covers like Fred Warner does. Uh, he's he's capable, not even capable, but he's really good in coverage. And and a lot of that is because of his understanding of route concepts, being a wide receiver, playing safety as well. The only problem is it felt sometimes like he wasn't comfortable, you know, playing some of those coverages as a linebacker. Um, there was one play I think it was against Oregon where they ran a um, ran a running back wheel route out of the backfield, and he is so late to react. They score a touchdown on it. I think it was from like 15 yards out. So he would have been there uh, had it not been such a short field. He would have eventually got there, but. He, you know, cost him a touchdown because he was unaware. And I, there was a lot of that where it was like he almost didn't know where he was going. And, and it's because he's green at the position. Um, he just hasn't had enough reps there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see at his age if he does get more time there. Is he able to adapt? Um, I, I, call, I said he's one of the hardest uh, guys to project. Now, he was the one that, um, that I mentioned that is almost too aggressive in the run game. It helps him in some plays when you have a pulling blocker and and you got to blow it up. But sometimes it also hurt him in that same instance where he would almost he would focus too much on the puller and the running back would cut back right behind and he would leave a gap wide open. And so you have to you have to take the good with the bad. Um, what else? What else did I have? Uh, reads his keys. I, I actually did think he read his keys well, um, surprisingly enough. But it was almost right after he read his key, he got lost. And I'm not sure why that is because, you know, reading the key tells you where you need to go. There was there was times where, uh, like I mentioned, he would see a pulling lineman. He would go, he would flow with the pole 
and then he would get lost in the in the confusion. You you know, you go cloudy to clear, he would stay in the cloud. He wouldn't find the clear. And I think that's, you know, something obviously comes with practice, but am I willing to take a 24-year-old project at linebacker because of his athletic upside? Maybe, but I have a mid-late uh mid to mid-second to early third grade on him just because of that. Uh, I think that there will be teams that fall in love with his, with his athletic ability. Uh, and I think he ran a 4-5-4 a and his ability to, to make plays in the passing game. But I think you're going to be able to run all over him. Maybe he's kind of like that overhanging JOK type role, um, which I think in that case he works really well because there are plays where he comes in like a heat-seeking missile and blows shit up. Um it just it didn't happen enough uh, for me to to kind of look past the the other flaws. Um, there was a play uh, against Oregon as well where he he sees the the pulling guard and he and he kind of dips under him and makes the play for a tackle for a loss. Uh, and and you, so it's the flashes, right? The flashes are what make you fall in love with Dayon. To me, it's just not there's not enough flash. For me to put, you know, to to put those other things in the in the back, we'll see. We will see. I'm very excited. He's a, he's a very exciting player to watch. I will say that. So if your team does take him, you you have someone that you, you can look forward to projecting in the NFL as as you know whether it's whether it's a specialist cover guy or whether he does make the full transition to a full time linebacker. I just I just don't see it happening. Now, my number three guy is linebacker out of Arkansas, Drew Sanders. Now, Sanders is your more traditional build at linebacker. He's 6'4", 235. Um, he's very physical, very physical player. Seems to be you know in the right spots most of the time. You know, and I think what I noticed while watching him was that it was more so in the gap scheme. Running that he he excelled where where he it was very clear where the ball was going, uh, he hit those holes hard was able to clog clog those up but it was the zone running game that really got him he would all he would over pursue a lot and really you know lacks that gap integrity in those areas and depending on what division you play in that's pretty big uh, if you play in a team with a Shanahan style system they run a lot of zone a lot of outside zone a lot of zone in general if you play. Um, a team who's more gap dependent, uh, gap blocking wise, then I think you'll like a team like Carolina. Uh, then you'll you'll probably want him in your division just because he is able to you know blow those kind of plays up. He does look athletic uh, on tape, and those number the numbers kind of backed it up a little bit. Um, you know, I think he's one of the better linebackers in this class at fighting through blocks. He uses his power and uh, the long arm stab to create a lot of separation. Um, the problem becomes is that he he does that. He has an arm free. He's he hardly ever makes those tackles. Um, even when he goes in with two uh, two arms, he he still misses a bunch of tackles. I think he's the worst tackler in this class. It's as a linebacker, especially in the NFL, where you have a bunch of guys that can make you miss. I just don't know how that's going to work. Uh, you know how you're going to translate to the to the NFL if you if you can't do that uh, if you can't make tackles in open space it, it, a lot of his angles were wacky too um, but the athletes there the athletes there and he's one of those effort guys where he's he's you know there was a play against Alabama they threw a wide receiver screen he made a couple guys miss and then from the other side of the field uh, Drew Sanders is the one that makes the tackle on the back uh, from the back and, and it's like 
okay, that's why you like this kid, right? And he was also very good coming off the edge for Arkansas, had a bunch of sacks. I just don't I don't think at his, you know, he, he lacks bend um, and also doesn't have a, a very big pass rush move set. And so it really comes down to do you want, you know, a, a guy who, who could do it at college, but more so did it because, you know, he was a little bit more athletic than the tackles were. Um, whereas when you get to the NFL, it's, it, it, the tackles are, are very good athletes and are able to use their power and finesse, uh, you know, pretty seamlessly. Um, I, my comp for him is Tremaine Edmonds. That's my ceiling for him. I think that Tremaine Edmonds, he's six, five and he's around the same weight and he's really, he just got paid by, um, I believe it was Chicago. Uh, I think Drew Sanders at his ceiling can be like that. Will he, uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think that he can cover tight ends in the league. I just don't think he's got the long speed to cover slot guys. So the passing game is going to be a little iffy for him. Didn't have to do it a ton at Arkansas. Uh, I got an early to mid second round grade on him. I think that there's some upside there. So you you take him and you you know he's going to work hard. And hopefully it pays off. Because he's got that kind of football acumen that he was a five-star transfer from Alabama. He's got the talent there. He might not have showed it all the time, but there were flashes of, okay, this guy, this guy can do it. I, I think that, you know, if he plays a, in a 3-4 strong side, uh, strong side linebacker, a little Sam action, I think he sets the edge pretty well. Um, and, and he's able to fight through some of those block, uh, or through those hands on blockers. And I think that tight ends have a, tar- a hard time blocking him. So that could be you know his initial fit and then once he grows develops as an NFL player you can start to do a little bit more with him now we're going to move on to my number two linebacker this one's out of Clemson it's Trenton Simpson now I you know I've been one of those guys that I didn't think that Simpson was that good of a player and then I sat down and really watched him you know all the way through even went back and watched some 2021 tape just because I know that I've heard a lot of things about the Clemson guys this year's tape not being as good as last year's tape just because, you know, Brenton Venable's leaving, it, it was it was a big deal. Um, even though, you know, the defense the defense's numbers didn't fall off as much, um, the tape definitely locked big time. Um, but with Simpson, you're getting an athletic freak. He's 6'2", uh, three, or 235, so he is a, on a bigger end of linebacker. He really fits the modern mold. Um, he's a guy that, you know, Deion Henley, you, you hope – at, at that size, you know, you you want a Trenton Simpson. Like, they do the same things, although Henley's a little bit of a cover guy. If Henley was in Trenton Simpson's body, he would be the number one overall linebacker. That's what I was trying to get at. Took a little bit, but we finally got there. Um, You can just see all the potential in Trenton Simpson. It is it is just oozing. But it doesn't always show on the tape, and that's the that's the hang-up that, that I had that kept me from putting him number one, is that his floor... It's kind of like the Anthony Richardson when, I, when we were doing our quarterbacks. His floor is a lot lower than these other guys. You just don't know what you're going to get. Um, he looks lost at times playing linebacker. Uh, but the ceiling, I think that Trenton Simpson can be you know one of those all-pro type linebackers if he hits his true potential. He can play, he can cover. He can play in the run. Um, I I literally said in my notes. He said there are plays where. You know, you think he's the best linebacker in this class. And it's not saying a ton, but there, like without a doubt, this guy's the best linebacker in the class. And then there are other plays where, like, I don't, 
he's a third round pick or not a third a, a day three pick. Um, so you just got to know, you just got to take a shot on him and hope you get the uh, the best linebacker in the class, all pro potential, and not the the day three pick. I think that you know man or zone. He works really well. He's got great hip fluidity. Uh, is able to stick with a lot of guys that you know you would think he has. A, I believe four four eight speed in, in that range, high four fours. I think that you know slot guys are going to have a tough time pulling away. Tight ends are going to have a tough time pulling away. He's six two two thirty five. He's able to stick with those tight ends. And a guy I compared him to a little bit same same uh, college in Clemson, Isaiah Simmons. To me, I think that Isaiah Simmons hasn't really translated the way you wanted him to to the NFL. But there's another guy that also didn't translate the way you wanted him to in the NFL, and that's Hassan Reddick. I think that Arizona does a piss-poor job at drafting guys uh, and playing them at their strengths on the defensive end of the ball. And you look at what Hassan Reddick did once he got out of Arizona and once he got to a place that would actually use him as a pure edge rusher, and he puts up 15 sacks. So I think that Isaiah Simmons is kind of in that same boat. He just needs to find greener grass. I think that if Trenton Simpson goes to a place that is willing to use him as a true, like to his true potential as a overhang, probably weak side guy where he plays to the nickel, uh, he kind of plays that nickel role, big nickel, um, I think that he could be a damn good player. Um, tackling was a problem, though. He has to he has to get better at tackling. You know, he's missing a lot of easy uh, freebies. Um, his angles were kind of rough, but once he figures that out, I think that he, I think that he's going to be a much much better player. It was almost like he wasn't triggering when he needed to; like he would see it, it would just take him a half second too long to actually go. And I don't know what where that lack of uh, connection came from, um, but if it's something he fixes. He's going to go from, I can't remember exactly how many tackles for losses he had this year, but he's going to go from to whatever he was, and he's going to you know double that. Uh, I just think that it's it's all about the being confident in himself enough to the point where he's just going to go, 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 go. Uh, he's also one of those effort guys. I, I there, was a, there was a bunch of times when I was watching Clemson, and it was like he's on the other side of the field, and he's running over and trying to you know, punch the ball out. Um, so I think that you're getting a really, really solid player. Um it kind of reminds me of Devin Lloyd a little bit, although he's more willing in the run game. Um, Devin Lloyd came out of Utah last year. Uh, he was, I think, also 6'3", 6'4", 235 area. Um, but to me, Trenton was more willing to take on blockers, A, and B, he was more willing to just get his hat a little dirty. Um, I got an early to mid-second on him. I think he's going to go in that probably, you know, 40 to 55 range would kind of be my guess is, is his sweet spot. Um, but I, don't, I just don't know how high these linebackers are going to get drafted this year. I, I think you probably know who my number one linebacker is at this point. It's Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Um, so Jack Campbell is a absolute beast. Uh, he is your prototypical linebacker, 6'4 and a half, 249. And all of that shows up on tape. He's physical. He's savvy. He's strong. Um, he's a smart player. I think that this is one of those guys where you take because you know exactly what you're getting out of Jack Campbell. I don't know if his ceiling is as high as some of these other players like Trenton Simpson, maybe even Drew Sanders or Deion Henley. But he's clearly the best linebacker in today's into the, in the class right now. Um, I, I don't think that's debatable. You know, you might 
be able to question his athleticism. Although his RAS score he tested, I think it was a 999. So he was in the 99.9th percentile of linebackers, or the 99.8th, I think it might have been. Um, but it doesn't show up on tape a ton. Like, there are some plays where it's like, that didn't look like, you know, the 4-2 or the, you know, the 4-1-5 shuttle that you showed me. But he didn't need to do it often. It was He's one of those guys where it doesn't really matter how athletic he is because he's so smart that he's always going to be in the right spot. It's kind of like his intelligence, his football IQ is along the lines of Luke Keekley. He's not quite Luke Keekley. Nobody's really Luke Keekley in terms of that. But he's he is a smart player, and he's he he knows exactly what's coming and where to be, because whether it was zone, whether it was gap scheme, he was always covering his gap. He even had you know he would take a, a cutback gap too if he could. Um, he's just you know one of those guys that you can count on. He didn't have he didn't have the uh, long speed. He didn't have the you know serious burst. But you know the short area quickness. I think it. I think it will translate to the NFL. I just. I don't know why it didn't quite show up a ton on the tape at Iowa. But you know those numbers. You can't just cheat those numbers. You can't just practice and get those numbers. Like those are very very impressive numbers. I believe it was a sub seven uh, three cone time. Like that just doesn't happen. So he he has that short area burst. I just want to see it more on tape than I did uh, in his senior season at Iowa. Um, it, it is, I think that the thing that makes him so, such a good prospect is his ability to, 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 to I'm going to try that again. His, the thing that makes him such a good prospect is his ability to diagnose plays quickly. And it's not, you know, it's not just a, oh, I see this guy going here. It was a, it's like a, he almost knows exactly what play they're running. Um, and so that puts him in the right spot damn near every single play. Tackling, though, that was my next point I wanted to make. It, it, the tackling is a little bit rough for him. It is. I will say, um, you know, not to the extent that some of these other guys are in this class. I mean, it, when you look, when you actually watch some of these guys play and their inability to tackle, it makes Jack Campbell look like a, a future Hall of Famer. But... For a guy that you want to come in day one and be that, you know, kind of staple in your defense, he has to get a little bit better at it. You know, there's too many arm tackles and not enough. I'm going to bring the boom and lay the hammer. Um, When he did do that, it was fun to watch. Um, The game that comes to mind uh, that that he struggled with those tackles was the Iowa State game. I think that that one uh, early last year where Iowa lost 10-7, to I think that one was not his best game, but I will say the Ohio State game, he was phenomenal in both the run and the pass. I think that might have been his best tape that he could have put out this past season. He was just awesome. Like that, if that's the player I'm getting, you know, I'm I'm taking him in the late first round. Absolutely. You know, I have a late first to early second. It's not a true first round grade on him. Uh, I just don't think, you know, with the upside, I just don't think you would take a linebacker at any point in the first round that doesn't have you know, that insane upside of, say, a Fred Warner. I just don't see that happening. But what you're getting day one is a very solid linebacker that you know you're going to be able to count on. He's just so great in the run game at stacking and shedding blocks, you know, keeping a a two-way go available for him and not sealing himself off. Uh, He uses his hands really well. 
I mentioned the gap integrity. Uh, does a great job at that. Um, just always around the ball. He has a nose for it. I, I think that coverage-wise, he'll be okay. I think, I think he'll be able to hold his own a little bit, but you will see the deficiencies with his athleticism when it comes to that. It's just not being able to hit the landmarks as quickly as some of these other guys is going gonna, is gonna to hurt him a little bit. Um, but, you know, with the IQ, he's going to, and his efficiency in his movements, like that's another thing that I didn't even touch on, is he is so good at, at taking out any false step, any inefficient step, so he gets the ball so much quicker than he probably should. And I think that that's going to help him in the pass game where instead of taking false steps forward, uh, if it's not obviously if it's play action, your your responsibilities are to play the run first and then drop back in the pass. But if it's not play action, I, I believe that you know his ability to get out of his stance and get to where he needs to be quicker than other people is going to help him because he might not be able to get there faster than other people. So that's, you know, that's what I think about Jack Campbell. But ultimately, he's, you know, my favorite linebacker in this class and one of the guys that I think, you know, if the Lions have a shot to take him at 48 or 55, I think they absolutely uh, should consider it. I I probably would take him at 48, given the chance. There's a couple other guys that didn't make my my list. Henry Teotio, uh, just it didn't impress me all that much when I watched him. Uh, kind of feels just stuck in the mud a lot. Uh, Owen Popoa, uh didn't have him, the linebacker from Auburn. Uh, DeMarvion Overshone. It's just, with him, it was almost like he was trying to do too much to to look flashy. He just, he'd get blown up and bullied in the run game all the time. Um, he'd wear those 100 wristbands all up and down his arms. I don't know, man. It's just not a player that, you know, I, I have a, uh, I think it was a fifth to sixth on him. Uh, probably more of a sixth. But if you want to take a player like that, he, he he is a little bit more athletic than some of these other guys, so he might go higher. But I'm telling you right now, the sleeper, one of the, one of my favorites in this class. So there's, I got three of my guys in this linebacker class. Obviously, Jack Campbell is one of them. Uh, but some of the guys that you, you probably haven't heard of a ton, Yasir Abdullah, remember that name, uh, linebacker out of Louisville. And then also remember Nick Anderson. Uh, he probably he probably won't go uh, in the first, you know, unless you're watching the seventh round, you probably won't see him go. But uh, one of my favorite players uh, watching him, just all around great ball player. Um, but that was my top 10. Let me know if you guys agree or disagree with any of my, uh, any of my rankings here. Uh, I appreciate the, the feedback and the, the commentary. It's good to go back and forth to, you know, learn, uh, not only is, you know, watching tape or just learning about players where you see, you know, this guy succeeding and, and how it differs from my opinion, because, a lot of the times that you don't always watch the same tape as other people. There's, you know, 12, 13 games in a season sometimes, and you don't have time to watch all 13. So it's about picking and choosing, you know, which ones you want to watch. And most of the time you, you pick some of the more marquee games. I I understand absolutely why you want your players to perform on the best stage, but I think that there is something to be said about having uh having a wide variety of opinions because you watch different games. Um, so let me know if you if you agree, disagree uh, with any of my rankings. Uh, I'd be happy to hear your top 10. Um, I think that would be uh, I think that would be fun. So put your top 10 in the in the comments or your top five. I don't don't really care how, how deep you go but thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed catch you on the flip. See ya.